All right, so I wanted to start with something a little unbasketball related, but it is because it has something to do with uh, a former teammate of ours, uh, Ray Ray Macrobathy. He was a defensive back for the Clemson Tigers. Um, I think Ray Ray went to Clemson 2006 to about 2010. I just wanted to start our show by shouting him out and congratulating him on getting a Disney movie about his time at Clemson where he took in his younger brother who, like, just watched the movie. I ain't going to get into the details. He took in his younger brother that was about to go into foster care and basically had him living on campus with him and was risking losing his scholarship. And he took him in. And it was a big thing on ESPN when it happened and people found out about it about 10 years ago at this time, 15 years ago at this time. So I just wanted to definitely start this out because you don't meet too many people who you know that get a Disney movie about a portion of their life. No, nah, no, <laughs> and I, I just thought that was amazing nah, when I yeah. saw it. And I remember I was first seeing the um, trailers for it, and I was thinking like, "This Ray Ray from Maine." And I was like, "Nah, this probably somebody else." <laughs> and then I kept looking. I was like, "Number nine. and I kept looking, paying this paying attention to the story. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's Ray Ray from Maine." Like. Yeah, Disney Plus, Disney Plus movie, Disney like Plus, about his life, and it's just um from Ben Hill, right? <laughs> that part, but it's crazy because um, like you say, um, he graduated, um, he was on those maze basketball teams that won uh, state championships in 05 and 06 back to back. Um, but you know, everybody knew him for football, and then you knew him for you know even before he got to college, you know, being a big you know being a big part of his younger brother's life, right? So just to see that story being told and. You know, and um, it's full, like, and that just shows full. You know, it's cool, but it also makes me think. Um, kind of one of the clips they keep showing, and they show it in the preview. That's like, it's just, um, you know, I can't think of who was the coach at the time, but it wasn't Dabo. It wasn't. It was not Dabo. I don't remember who that coach was, but Dabo should have been on the staff. Yeah, Dabo was on the staff. I can't yeah. think of who the coach was, but it was like, um, he was telling like, you know, they find out your brother living with you on campus, you can lose your scholarship. Excuse me, and I just think that's crazy that the NCAA would even think to do something like this. Like, this is my brother. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting any extra benefits for taking care of my brother except right. the good graces I'm already getting anyway. Right. And that y'all would take my his scholarship would even consider taking a scholarship away from that. Right. Yes, we know that the NCAA committee needs to be taken down with the rest of the flag that far. <laughs> but the NCAA does and still needs to work on some of their policies as far as living conditions for student athletes. Yep. Pay them first and foremost. Right. Shout out to Ed up to the O'Bannon twins for getting their money. Yep. And everybody that has gotten their money. But y'all really need to look at what y'all are doing with yourselves. Even like just what LSU is doing this year with how they're going to self-sanction themselves from a bowl game this year right? when the team clearly isn't going to a bowl game anyway. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Ray Ray. Shout out to Disney Channel for giving them that. Shout out to everybody that went to Maze High, you know, while we were there, after we were there, before we were there. Right. You know, shout out to all our teammates. And on that note, I'm John W. Fresh X. And we are the Hoopers. So uh, I think this is Stokely 5. Shout out to my son, Stokely. He's in the background. We don't own the rights to any Daniel Tiger videos, but he's watching Daniel, if you can hear that back there. <laughs> um, I think this is his fifth episode. When we first had him on one of the first ones, Stokely was barely talking. And now he getting those words out. But 
Let's get on to some basketball news. Preseason NBA started uh, Friday night. I'm unfortunately I'm mad I haven't been able to catch the Hawks or watch the Hawks because we were blacked out because we live in Atlanta. So right. I can't watch them on NBA TV and nobody's uploaded the full game on YouTube. I'm still playing. People don't do that for real. Wink, wink. Right. But uh, I did catch some other games. Um, Carmelo, he looked good. Didn't miss a shot. I seen somebody on Twitter say he needed to say that for the regular season. Six man of the year, Carmelo. For some facts. You know, I'm starting that. It's going to be great to add his resume when yep. he wins that award this year. <laughs> um, the Clippers, they lost to the Lakers. The Lakers really didn't play any. LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't play. Everybody else played. Yeah, exactly. And I hate you get on NBA Twitter and it's all the Clippers ran. They starting five against the Lakers G League team. Like, Kawhi didn't play then. Kawhi, Paul, George, everybody played. Like, I didn't know Kawhi played. Yeah, I just saw a post he said, huh? Lakers win against local uh, L.A. Junior Varsity. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> but it's like, no, I mean, they didn't, like, Kawhi and Paul George didn't play like big games because it was like, you know, it's a preseason game. You just wanted to get – like, everybody honestly is playing. Like I said, the only people who didn't play, LeBron didn't play, and Anthony Davis didn't play. Chris Paul is going to play for Phoenix. But everybody else is playing. You know, Phoenix had not played yet, but they're about to get ready to play um, today, I think. Yeah, um, I, I watched LeBron on uh, Richard Jefferson and uh, – Channing Fry and I don't know the young lady's name, so I apologize. But I, I saw LeBron on their podcast and basically said, "Don't worry about him in preseason. He's thirty-five years old." Oh uh, yeah. So okay. yeah. So okay. I don't expect LeBron uh, to play. A sing- Maybe he plays the last game just for rhythm. Yeah, no. But, yeah, I mean he's gonna play, but it's like, of course he wasn't gonna play the first game. Yeah, for sure. Especially with everybody, I think. You know, everybody's only supposed to play between like one and four games anyway. Mm. So he's probably they play if they're one of the teams that play four, he's probably gonna play. He's probably play. I think they played a clip with Monday, right? If not today, so he'll probably play that game. Question about preseason so far: Hasn't it been weird watching them playing these empty arenas? <laughs> oh man, yeah, actually, it kind of is. Like, <laughs> excuse me, especially because you know you got a lot of new. Not even because you got a lot of new players and on new teams and you want to just see how the fans react to it. But it's like you could still hear like the players on the court, like uh my trash shot right. jump shot, Hawaii hell now. Um, <laughs> you can just still hear that stuff. I don't think we got any sound bites from Melo with his you know when he grabbed a rebound. But it is kind of weird because you like look up and you want to see chance fair cheering or something and it's like it's nothing there. Yeah. I can't wait to see uh the steps we take with adding fans back. Mm-hmm. I know the Warriors had an idea that they was trying with the rapid testing and things like that to be able to get fans into the game. I think something that some teams should consider doing is playing in smaller arenas, especially the cities that can hold you know, a certain amount of fans, like just playing a smaller arena mm-hmm. uh, if that's available. So it'll be interesting to see the next steps we got as the new the new Corona uh, COVID-19 uh, vaccine one was just approved. Uh, so I mean, we're not doctors, so we're not getting into none of that. But I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see what happens no, yeah, with right. the next steps of those yeah. things. Just a uh, rundown some scores from Friday real quick. We yeah. had Orlando Magic beat the Hawks. Our Atlanta Hawks 116-112. to um, The New York Knicks beat the D- Detroit Pistons 90-84. Shout out to Obi and RJ. Uh, the Rockets won 125-104 against the Chicago Bulls. Jimmy Wall and Boogie back. Uh, like I said, the Lakers beat the Clippers 87-81. And Portland beat the Sacramento Kings one twenty seven to one hundred two. Right. Um. I guess where you want to start at? I uh. So one that I noticed from the start. Uh. I was definitely looking forward to seeing John Wall and Boogie. Mm-hmm. They both look really healthy. They both had double digits, I think. Yeah, I think John Wall finished with eleven assists yeah. plus like 13, 13 points. points, right? So 
they both look healthy out there. They were moving. Uh, Boogie got a dunk on a break, and you know Boogie was never a dunker even right, before. Right, so, yeah. and Boogie Boogie looks good too. He's lost. No, yeah, he, it's he, not he that he lost weight because he lost weight last year in LA. We didn't get to see him on the court, yeah. but like he lost weight, but he still is in good playing shape. Like yeah. he's probably gonna be quicker. He's probably not gonna be the brute force he was in right, right. Sacramento, but he's clearly still gonna be just as strong. And that's not the game, any, <clears throat> excuse me, really anymore anyway. Um, so I think you're gonna see him on the perimeter a little more, but then still, he still got that post game though. So. They, they, I was just happy to see how good they looked. And just since you um, decided to go with Houston, of course, we all know the saga of James Harden right now. Saga think, of James Harden. I don't think we've recorded since, um, you know, him and him and his rapper friends were out and then celebrating Lil Baby's birthday. Right. Um, shout out to Lil Baby. I don't know how old, it, how old he is, but, you know, happy belated if you're listening to this because I know you're going to listen to it. Right. Shout out to Lil Baby. Um, man, man. Apparently, I, like I said, I was watching some of the other games this morning. Um, one of the Houston announcers was saying that the only person James Harden had been speaking to was uh, John Lucas. And hmm, like, that's not surprising. No, it's not because yeah. John Lucas has been there yeah, just about yeah. his entire tenure there. But it's like, don't you owe it to Steve and Silas to at least see what he's trying to get y'all to do and what kind of basketball mind he is. And it's like, you want to at least get that at first day so you, John Wall, and DeMarcus Cousins, even if not on the court, y'all can build some type of Film room um, rapport, right? Or chemistry, like John Wall. Clearly, like I said, John Wall has a lot to prove this year. He first he has to prove he's healthy and he can stay. At, he can get back to that All Star level, right? Which he was. To Marcus Cousins, the same thing. Uh, that he's healthy, that he's you know can help play winning basketball, right? And that he can get back. To, he's still at that All Star level, right? And I think James Harden has to also remember that he has to prove that he isn't the problem in Houston. And I know it's hard to say, well, you know, they've been winning he, since he's got there. Like, as soon as James, I know, of course, everybody says as soon as he's lead, they're going to be irrelevant again and start back losing. But at the same time, it's like, well, I, we've been one of the better regular season teams, but we haven't had, we've had a moderate amount of playoff success, but we haven't gotten to a championship with them. Right. So it's like, they, they, honestly, haven't, even, they haven't even lost in the finals because they haven't made it. There. So honestly, everybody has to be on their best behavior. And it goes back. So I don't remember who said it. Um, it definitely was on uh, NBA Twitter. But James Harden, nobody deserves anything. But Stephen Silas, as a head, first-time head coach, has earned the right to coach y'all. Right. And for you to respect him as a coach, and you know, because of course the thing was Stephen Silas already said they're not running that offense anymore, like the offense from the last couple of years, where yeah. you know. It was, threes and ducks like they're gonna actually you know ball movement player movement i know you can say in the offseason things might some might happen but i believe we should go and let's see what steven silas offense and defense looks like first before we start getting arrested requesting trades because the team isn't built how you want it to be built anymore right well it's a few things i unpacked with james harden if, if for the people that don't know of course he didn't show the training camp they thought he was going to be there for the individuals and he didn't show up for that and it was videos of him out in the club and for one, you got a new head coach, and it's it's a pretty much the same people, but it is an updated roster. So with James being the leader, you want him to be there. And my thing is, from this point on, Houston's season is devastated to me because for one, if I'm on that roster, which they, the guys on the roster they know James, PJ, Daniel House, uh, Gerald Green, Eric Gordon, they've been there, but. 
for one, he can't be my leader going forward this year with how he's acting. Like, I'm not following what James does, and that's kind of a bad precedent to start with your best player. And Steve Silas did earn his job. James actually signed off on him being the coach. And I get it. You got your trade demands, but you have not been traded. So unless you just full on holding out, I'm, I'm not going to play this season. I think it's a bad look for, for what he's done to that team so far and building the relationship with the coach. And he's setting them back. Um, and even Steven Silas said earlier, and, and to update as far as today go, James has been back. He's been COVID testing. And he had to get like six consecutive tests, six consecutive negative tests before they were able to let him practice. Which means he's probably not going to play a preseason game or whatever. So in, in today's, today current time he he is there but he started off not being there nobody knew not why he wasn't there like i said only talking to john lucas and i just think and as you say he he has to kind of prove that he isn't the issue because no matter what you think about dwight dwight was his star they got they got rid of dwight chris paul was a star they got rid of chris paul westbrook was his best friend get rid of westbrook the only thing that's remained is like Kevin McHale with the issue. Kevin McHale's gone. Mike D'Antoni's out in there. Dan Moore is out in there. The only thing that's remained the same is James Harden. So it is a sense where it's not like he has nothing to prove, right. you know, as far as being a player. You haven't won a championship. Okay, you, you got an MVP. You got one MVP. You've averaged 30 a couple times, but you haven't won in Houston. You haven't been to the finals in Houston. And – like, frankly, it seems like the team's kind of going backwards. I actually like this team uh, and what they put together, especially mm-hmm. with Boogie and John Wall being healthy uh, and, and just being more versatile offense. Houston has a chance. It's like they always have a chance. But that counts on James Harden being on the same page and building a rapport with his coach. Right. Um, and he's starting him off wrong. Um, he, he's, he, I think he's doing him wrong to start this off. And this should have been he's a full-blown, I'm not coming back. I'm, I'm willing to sit out the whole season. Corona's going on anyway. Or you demand your trade. You're not trading on the first day of the season. You show up. I get that little baby is, shout out to little baby, is actually a friend of his. So you let them know, hey, I'm going to be in late. I'm not going to report this day because it's a friend. But he didn't report, and they didn't expect him, and they expected him to for team practice. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, all right, he was out with little baby. Uh, and and in the clubs or whatever, so he can only do individual because he can't be around the whole team. Corona mm-hmm. rules, and then he doesn't even show up for that. Right. So and then I, you got his mom going on Instagram rants, talk rants right. about you know he's you know he's trying to win and the team needs to do more, right. put basically put more around him. Because this and, and and for one that's wrong because the team has done what he's wanted to do and. I hate when these teams, and it started with, I'm not, not going to get into throwing LeBron under the bus or whatever, but it all starts with those Cleveland teams where the team wins 60 games and, oh, it's not enough. Or the Giannis Bucks team, you win 60 games and it's not enough. And it's a sense of, like, we can't point to games where James didn't show up that could have won them games. And I just seen a funny stat. Um, it's five games ever in NBA history where a player missed 16 threes. Damon Stoudemire, James Harden has the other four. Damon Stoudemire, that's very shocking. Right. Yeah, it's Damon <laughs> Stoudemire. That's, that's, that's really shocking. So it's like, it goes back to like you saying, you know, they brought these people in. Westbrook was your best friend. Chris Paul was a playmaker who could play without the ball, so you could do your thing. Dwight was an all star when he got there. Right. 
And he he get the pass for the white because the white was that was like he first was, off of that injury. Yeah. The game was changing in a sense, but but that first that first year they had good rapport together, though, right. right? But it's like you know, anytime that the style of play that you want to play gets met with a little bit of restraint. You kind of get mad about it and don't want to, you know, don't want to do it. Chris Paul wanted to change, you know, reportedly Chris Paul kind of wanted to change the style, which you could see in the huddles with him and James Harden kind of having those disagreements. Right. Even if it's just basketball disagreements, clearly uh, it was a style thing. So you get rid of Chris Paul after two years. And that's why Chris, uh, Chris that's, that's why Westbrook. Right. They changed the offense. So they changed the roster to not only help you fit in it, but so Westbrook, you can get the best out of Westbrook. Which you do, he likes to say going to the bubble. He was average twenty seven, right? But it's like the offense was more suited for Westbrook than you because you know you want to play outside. He wants James Harden wants to play outside of the offense a lot and do what he does. So now Westbrook is gone. Steven Silas comes in and say, you know, we're going to change the offense, and now you don't want to show up for training camp. You you know reportedly want to be traded, and then so it's like when do when is it on you? I guess James Harden, not the situation around you. I'm maybe just interested to see once he is cleared and he talks to the media, what is he gonna be honest about? Is he gonna be honest about his trade demands and why he isn't why he hasn't been there and what do he really feel about Steven Stylus? I mean, y'all hired his first time black coach and you're not showing up for him. And I don't I don't think that's cool. And I agree with everything that Steven Jackson had to say about him with with uh that. And at the end of the day, I come down to being professional. You want people to respect their contracts and the contracts have gotten so disrespected over the last five years. It's really like so annoying to me because all of y'all people, typically y'all got other business businesses, y'all got other partnerships and y'all work with other people. And I mean, how would you just feel if the Rockets who you're working with, you wanted to be there and they didn't honor their contract or, or whatever, you know, when you sign those contracts, people, I know the first thing they're going to say, Oh, well they train them. As a person that signed a professional contract, it literally says in the contract, well, I signed this contract, the team has the right to trade this contract. It's in the paperwork. But people just not showing up, thinking that they can just do whatever they want. Stop signing these long-term deals and stop disrespecting these deals because what if your employees do that to you? What if Adidas reneged on certain areas of James Harden's contract? We're going to be calling Adidas the worst company ever. And too many basketball players over the last five or so years have gotten too comfortable with disrespecting their contracts. And I don't think, I don't think that's cool. I don't think it's a good look. It's not, it's not professional. And I mean, even when the whole thing happened with Jimmy Butler um, and they went back and forth and he let it be known, I want to be traded. Once they let him know, like, Hey, we're not trading you yet. He showed up to practice. He was a dick. And, and yeah, but he break. showed up. Yeah, and he, he, was a, he was a dick. He was difficult, but he practiced. He hooped. He challenged his teammates. And y'all are gonna trade me, or this is this is what it is. And so right. even though he made it made it uncomfortable, he still was professional about right. it, in my opinion, right. honestly. Right. Like so players gotta stop disrespecting these contracts, or it's gonna get uglier for them, honestly. Right. And stop signing these long-term deals if you're not gonna agree with it. But my last thing about James is just that the whole build this around him, the whole organization on the court and off the court is literally built around James Harden lifestyle. Literally, you guys, anybody involved with the Rockets, anybody that writes for the Rockets, they literally cater to James Harden. And if, if that's not enough, 
Mm-hmm. Where else do you expect to get right. at other places? Right. And like you say, just to because we was on James Harden a little longer than we wanted to be no homo. Um, the New York Knicks. I like what I seen out of them um, Friday night. Obi Toppin, um, of course, he was their lottery pick this year. You could tell Tibbs is putting his uh, imprint on the team. No, it definitely, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, they were a little more aggressive, off, aggressive offensively and defensively. Obi Toppin is who's a high energy guy as well, who I think can be a great skill player. Really put his stamp input imprint and stamp on the game Friday night. Um, Hustling for offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. um, this second effort. I know it was um, one play. He got the ball. He swung the ball to Kevin Knox, and he ended up out of bounds. But he made sure he gets back into play in time to get the assist, to get to get the pass back, and get a dunk. Which is like little stuff like that matters because right. it's like it's just having that second energy and just being aware at all times. And um, I know RJ started off a little. Uh, he started off cold. I think he started off 0 for five. Yeah, well, off of, at least I know for a fact, uh, off for of three, but I think it went to like off for of five. Yeah, but it's going. I think as a young player, he did average sixteen last year. But as the, he turned up in March, I, I think he was about twenty three a game in March. But he was he was My consistent. Bad, that was he was consistent throughout the whole season, like I said. That March, he did start to turn it up, which is when most young scorers do it if they're not scoring early on in the season. Right. Um, but I think him. And him, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson, all three of them are the kind of the cornerstone for their team. Mitchell Robinson broke Will Chamberlain, 50-year-old field goal percentage record in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mitch and Obi just started there. I think they both fit each other, what each other do well, with Mitch not being necessarily a scorer in the post, but Obi is. Then Mitch going to be um, above the rim defender, being a shot blocker, altering shots, but Obi is more going to be to play good post-defense and starting defense and right. rebound and box out. And then they both young, got to run the floor. I guess my question for the Knicks is, like I said, those are, those three starting spots are done for. Like, those are it right there, O.B., Mitch, and R.J. Baird at the 5-4 and the 2 or the 3, depending on what you do with the perimeter with R.J. Baird. I think, you know, Julius Randle got to go because he's going to be in O.B. way because you're going to have to play him, but – Maybe trading for a player that's, that's the same, but you know it's not going to bother Obi. But it's like who are going to be the other two players out there? Because I think the other two players need to be shooters. Because just because RJ Barrett, who can make shots, he's definitely more a scorer than a shooter. Obi's not necessarily. I'm pretty sure Obi can shoot for his position, but he's not going to be a catch and shoot power forward. Right. I don't want Mitch Robinson anywhere above that second block in the post. Right. So I, you know, maybe you can come to set a high pick screen, maybe. But other than that, I don't really want to see Mitch working at the elbow yet. Yeah, I think the adding shooting to the team is what the Knicks are going to do for sure. And then just uh, with the guard play, because RJ, OD, and Mitch are, are what I would build around. Maybe you want to see uh, Kevin Knox develop, but I would honestly be trying to shop him and even Frank um, to, to solidify the point guard position. But – I think they will fill the roster with more shooting and just more playmaking overall. Uh, this is going to be a big year for the Knicks to see what next steps that they're taking mm-hmm. into the future. Um, I like what Leon Rose is doing so far, though. Leon, Leon Rose and World Wide West. Um, and even, like I said, with Tibbs is getting out of them. But shooting is going to be a key for them because RJ isn't a shooter. He is a scorer. And um, – I don't know who those other starting spots would be right now. It'd probably be Frank and 
Kevin Knox, mm-hmm. or Alpha and Kevin Knox. Right, and uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to start any of those people. But this year for the Knicks, I think my main thing is developing those three players and seeing who fits the best around them that's on the roster. Like I said, Julius Randle's on the roster now. Uh, I expect him to be traded by the deadline or at some point. And even if he finishes out the year, I don't think he'll be back next year. Um, and, you know, I can see Frank being there, but I think they're going to try to see what value they can get out of Kevin Knox and Alpha Payton also. Mm. But the Knicks are going, I mean, for the first time in a while, you can say they're going in the right direction. I think nah, really yeah, I that. definitely do believe that. Yeah. Like from front office on down to the players. So another – Key start that everybody been waiting on was uh LaMelo Ball with the Hornets. Mm, that was Saturday night. Yeah, he had uh no points, uh 10 rebounds, four assists. He made a couple yeah, nice passes, yeah, like really nice there. passes, which we expect. Uh some people think he was the best passer in the draft. Um one thing that I like from LaMelo, even though he didn't make any shots, um but what, what I've seen since he's been drafted is, and I know it was the first thing the staff got to, is fixing up his shot, kind of getting his legs um, more square and balanced and getting that kick out of it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that leads to better shooting for him. I think the key for Melo, Miles Bridges looked great for them yesterday too. Yeah. Like athletic. Miles is a good Around player. The court. He's yeah. definitely going to be a great 3D player for them. Yeah, I really like uh, Miles. I think, uh, though, uh, with getting back to Melo, what's going to be key to him this year is taking good, efficient shots in the paint using his size uh, to his advantage and turning down his turnovers. As he gets more minutes, uh, maybe his assists go up. I think he's a pretty good passer. I think he's more of a – for me, he's more of a highlight passer than he's just such this great passer that everyone sees. You see him throw two or three behind-the-back passes and you think, oh, he's the best passer ever. <laughs> That's how the NBA Twitter puts him. But honestly – Shooting aside, because I expect Melo to be a champion. That was Stokely. He watching Dang Tiger. <laughs> Shooting aside, because I expect Lamelo to be a terrible shooter this year. Um, I think what he's going to really help that team is pushing the pace and getting mm-hmm. people that, involved, and that that could be his calling card. And he's a big guard, and all the right. other guards are six three, six two, yeah, six foot. Yeah, they they Tiger really Graham. Graham and Rozier are small, but um. Like I want to start like with him. I do agree. He has come a long way, even from just over in a year with his shooting. Right. Yeah. Like I say, his feet, he and he still has work to do, making sure he keep his feet square and his legs at a good distance apart. But that and I, so I think that's you know that's a good start. You know he did go over five last night, over over three from three point line. But I think, like you were saying, um, him getting to the basket and taking good shots. I think that's another part of the game that we don't mention a lot. He has to he has to strengthen his core because I did see one play. Um, he drove and he just kind of got, you know, look. You know how you get the little contact. Mm-hmm. So you, every now and then you might fall, kind of exaggerate. I don't think he exaggerated the contact. I think he's still not strong in his core. So little bumps is gonna push him over and knock him out, knock him out of a lot of good shot attempts that he can get. Yeah, that's gonna be key for him this year because I think like the NBA allows people not to, um, not to stop you from moving on the perimeter. So that's kind of went down to the high school game and even a little bit in right. college. But I think that'll be key still in the league because even though they do hinder 
don't let defenders hinder your movements. When you get in the paint, that is still when it gets kind of tough and they can get little shots in there on you. So strengthening his core would definitely that'll help with him finishing in the paint for sure. So uh, I can't. I, I want. I'm interested to see more of Melo. Uh, Little I did, like, I did like the 10 rebounds, too. Yeah, Melo Yeah, 10, 10 rebounds. Um, I'm not calling him Melo Ball, though. Melo over here. Yeah, I'm not Mello. calling him Melo. There's only one Melo in the NBA. Um, that's called Melo Anthony. But I'm, I, those 10 rebounds, I, I expect him to do it. Like, being a, a big guard, and in today's game, getting those rebounds – helps you start to push the pace. So mm-hmm. teams more than ever want their guards to rebound. Mm-hmm. So I think that could definitely be uh that's that's not gonna be a one off seeing uh LaMelo no. ball with yet. ten, 10 rebounds, rebounds, eight rebounds, nine rebounds, thirteen rebounds. I think he's I really think his rebounding is gonna be what he does the best this year. His rebounding, then his passing, and they're gonna try and bring his shooting along. But bringing his shooting along to me, the key is getting good shots in the paint because he's big enough people get into the basket, layups, and free throws. Um, because as far as I know, he's a solid free throw shooter, much better than Lonzo. But uh, we, you know, go ahead to free throw last No, yeah, I'm just talking about from the nah, yeah, 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 yeah. NBA, but we will see because people get in the NBA and forget how to shoot free throws all, right, all of a sudden. Go. So, but that's gonna be key to help him get points on the boards because Melo's gonna Lamelo Ball is gonna struggle shooting this year. He's gonna struggle shooting. So I'm not even. I'm not even judging his shooting this year because I expect him to struggle, honestly. So, and I don't say that as as a negative towards him. He just has way. He just has to come a long way with shooting, and that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you fix your mechanics, but it doesn't happen overnight. You go from 25% shooting from three to 35 from three or 40 from three. It's not just gonna happen. That's a slow progress. But on that note, we are gonna take a um, real quick break. We are gonna get back into some more preseason stuff, just um, some more basketball stuff. What's going on? It's John W. And Fresh X. And we are the International Professional Podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster, how much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone, you can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up, you know that you can do it, you think, man, now, how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. You are the Hoopers. Peace out, players. All right, just to give y'all some uh, more preseason scores from Saturday, December 12th. I don't know why I hesitate when I say Saturday. But uh, we got the Toronto Raptors over the Charlotte Hornets, 111-100. Got the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Indiana Pacers, 107-104. The OKC Thunder and their 20,000 draft picks at 121-108 over the San Antonio Spurs. The Dallas Mavericks. With the Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, because he's David Ruffin and Temptations now. Right. 112 to 102 over the Milwaukee Bucks and Chris Middleton getting hung on the dunk. We got the Memphis Grizzlies over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 107 105. John Morant had 20 and 11 last night, while Ricky Rubio and D'Angelo Russell kind of played high pick and roll and left Anthony Edwards standing in the corner. And we got the Warriors with the 107 105 win over the Denver Nuggets. 
And then we had the Jazz and Phoenix 119 to 105 with the Jazz getting victory. Have you seen Steph's new tunnel shot? Yeah, from the stands. Are they gonna let them do that when fans come back? Or like that? I think they will because usually, you know, it's never a ton of fans there because it's not. He's always a pretty shot. Yeah, right. So yeah. with the couple fans that are there, I'm sure they have security right here, security right, right there. there. And, yeah. and, and, and it was, it was funny. Of course, he nailed it. Nothing nah, but nailed yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny because I remember um, when they were first talking about the moving over to the Chase Center and how the Chase Center was gonna look. And they were saying, you know, how he was gonna make the shot with the locker room being way on the other side. Right. Well, at least y'all ain't gotta see him make a full court shot. <laughs> right. He, he literally went up the steps, took the shot, yeah. made it. Down the back steps. Down, yeah. So, uh, Steph, we can start at Golden State. Steph had ten points. I didn't get to that game yet, as I was doing all my rewatches for the weekend. Yeah, that's when I checked. I, um, I watched some of that live. Actually. But Steph looked good. Like Steph looked good though. From what I from what I did see, he was making all his pull ups. The um, legs look strong coming off coming off of crossover moves. Right. Um, he was Phoenix. I mean, excuse me, Golden State. Overall, was moving the ball well as well. It was one time um, Pascal did miss the swing to Steph from a. Well, he Pascal was in the corner. Steph was on the wing. He missed the swing and took a bad three point shot, which you never do with you when you're on the court either Steph or Clay. Swing it, right. but once the you know he didn't really get to play with stuff last year. So yeah, yeah, once bad. he played with him more, he'll recognize that and make sure he swing that pass to him. Oh, um, something that actually for one, Steph did look good. He looks healthy, uh, which he got healthy towards the end of last year, but they didn't play in the bubble or whatever. But he looks good. He looks healthy. I like I like how Wiggins looked out there initially. Uh, like he his, his shot looked good. But what I really like watching was seeing Oubre how him rebounding and pushing the floor and then just like um, I did see one position he he did a Jamal Murray full yeah. court. They are gonna ask him up that from him a lot this year to defend the best perimeter player. But, but him pushing the ball is gonna be key because he I didn't realize how you know he was just surveying the whole floor when he pushed it and uh you know trying to make the right decision. I think Kelly Oubre is in for a, a good year this year, like a really good year. Uh, especially playing with Steph, uh, that's gonna allow him some some more opportunities or whatever. So, Golden State, uh, they 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 look solid overall. I can't wait to see Wiseman out there uh, mm-hmm. with them. Of course, they're gonna add Draymond also. Yep. Um, Kevon Looney is back. He was taking a couple threes last night, which I didn't expect. But apparently, um, you know, that's always been a part. That's always been it has always been a part of his game. Come yeah. UCLA, I will get him that. Right. Well, and it's not even the threes because I. I expect him to take the corner threes, but I saw him take a couple, you know, like uh, top of the key or that, that little wing three. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he had that in his game. So um, the Warriors look solid. I, yeah, they look solid going forward. Uh, did you see? So again, some players that haven't played yet, they play today. Um, the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Definitely told Did you see that. their um, IG Live? I didn't see the whole thing because I didn't know what was going on. I just saw the the – the video that's been circulating is uh, Kyrie talking about his post post ups, and it's funny because I want to get in, I want to get into that in a minute. But just seeing the conversation that they was having, and the reason why Kyrie doesn't want to talk to the media is like they're having a good conversation, a basketball conversation. And obviously, Kyrie knows Kevin Durant; he knows his personality, they're friends. But people are like. Some people are like, oh, I really love this conversation, how they're talking. And then you got the other people that's like, oh, you see how KD is just dismissing. It's just funny how people put their own thoughts <laughs> on what people are clearly saying to you, to your face. And it's like, 
they they didn't have to go on IG Live to do that, and they do that because they want to involve the fans. And I just feel like people just be excuse my language, they just be fucking stuff up by trying to make it about what they think the person is thinking, opposed to taking in what they're saying and enjoying the conversation or whatever. Now, to what they were talking about, they were talking about uh, the, with this, the the video that's going around. Kyrie was talking about his the amount of post ups that he wanted to do per game because he thinks that he got mismatches. And the post, and it's funny that, that they were talking about that because on the road trip in Richard Jefferson, Chance Fry, and the young lady who I don't remember her name, I'm sorry, uh, I just don't want to leave her out. Uh, but but LeBron was speaking to how Kyrie is such a gifted scorer, and to be six two, six three, he's seeing him post up Clay Thompson, who's six eight, and get a clean shot because he's so gifted in that area. So that kind of was what they was talking about in that little clip. Right. And uh, they were basically negotiating how many post-ups per game Kyrie wants to do. From eight, the KD said two and a half. Yeah, KD, Kyrie wants eight. KD said two and a half. And then towards the end, Kyrie was like four or whatever. So, But I I like that back and forth between them two because both of them are such gifted basketball players, and they both take the craft, like, really serious. So I can't wait to see them on on the court together for sure. I did want to go there with Kyrie because Kyrie, I don't think – you don't expect because he is a slimmer 6'2 player guard. Right. But I have seen Kyrie. Kyrie is good in the post because he has good balance and he has his footwork is impeccable. It's like he was watching Andre Miller. Andre Miller was a player that he could post because he was slower. He could post and not I mean he got more size than Kyrie, but Andre Miller would legit post up a big two because he could play out the post. Right. Or whatever. So. so I think getting Kyrie in the post is definitely important because he does have especially with guards on him. There's not too many guards that's going to be strong enough to guard him in the post and knock him off his balance. Yeah. Like you kind of like say with, with his footwork, it's, um and being so great, it's going to be hard to. And with him already being such a good shoot, like when Kyrie first got in the league, I always thought like he just had a great ability to shoot over people. Yeah. Like no matter how tall they are, and he, like Kyrie is one of the better finishers yeah. in the league at the rim and then being able to shoot fadeaways like, right. He has just a good jump shot, and he's like, so he's a good scorer, and yeah. that just creates more mismatches, especially with Kevin Durant. Now you got Kyrie in the post. Of course, Kevin Durant's probably gonna be on the weak side wing, right? Um, ready to rotate maybe for a slash or for an open jump shot. And it's clear to play him in different areas. Playing him and KD in different areas makes the team more versatile because saying that you're gonna put him in the post means that even if you're going to him in the post, that's still him playing off the ball. And you, you know, right. so I, I think that's key to the versatility of that team. So the Nets, the Nets can be really good this year. I can't wait to see them tonight. Uh, Kyrie and KD are both starting. Um, don't know what their minutes are going to be. Probably around fifteen minutes. Right. Uh, maybe twenty is the max. I'm not sure, um, but it may be less than that. But I, I definitely can't wait to see them play tonight. Definitely. definitely. So, um, anybody you seen so far who you really? Um, like you are, who maybe you didn't high have have high expectations for, but after watching, you know, the first preseason, couple preseason games, you thought maybe you know thinking maybe they can be a little better than expected. Um, just a couple people, definitely Wiggins. I expect Wiggins to, especially if the Warriors are winning, which I expect them to win. I expect every year Wiggins is on the breakout list, right? Yeah. But I expect this year to get him to get some legit, not make it because the West is so loaded, but to get some legitimate, hey, this is Andrew Wiggins' all-star year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be well in that that offense, how, how it flows and 
especially with Clay being out, they're going to expect him to do a little more, but having Oubre uh, not do it too much, I think they're going to kind of split some responsibilities with Wiggins scoring. Right, with Wiggins scoring more and Oubre facilitate more, not being a point guard in that, but just handling the ball more. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually really feel good about Wiggins coming in this year. And, and anybody know I'm not a huge fan of Wiggins. He's been overrated to me for a long time. I, I do think this is a year where he can bust out, bust out and have a great year. Um, I like him saying that he wants to be a better. I've never heard him say this out of his mouth that he wants to be a better defender this year. Like he wants to defend. So it could just be talk. But I'm gonna take it for his word because he's never said it before. So at least not that I can remember. Um, so maybe Wiggins and uh, I felt a little better. I'm I'm just going to people. I'm not huge fans of. After watching him last night, I feel uh, I feel a little better about Lamelo Ball. I feel like. The Hornets players are really embracing him. I think they like being around him. Yeah, Yeah, I think they like being around him. I think they like playing with him. I I know uh, with LaMelo Ball, you probably don't know what to expect from him. He's been in the light for a minute. Is he going to be cocky? How hard does he work? He got the ice. He's got an NBA check. The ice ice is crazy. But LaMelo seems like he's coming in there. He's showing up. He's ready to play. He's having fun with the process. He's finally reached his goal of wanting to be in the NBA. And maybe this is what it takes for him to be to take the game, as, you know, seriously the way some of us have thought that he hasn't. So I actually feel good about Lamelo. Uh, like I say, not about his shot, but just about what he brings to that team. I think once fans can come back in there, he he's gonna be box office to see him play because some of those passes and just how he makes the team exciting is gonna be fun. And uh, I want to give one other player. Hmm. One other player. Uh, I, I guess one other thing that I'm looking at is is sticking with Melo, Big Melo, Carmelo Anthony. I, I can't wait to see him embrace that role of coming off the bench and winning six man of the year this year. I think they're going to play that offense through him off the bench. I think he's still going to be there to close games for Portland because they're going to have a big scorer help them last year. He made big shots for them in the play mm-hmm. in the bubble mm-hmm. or whatever. So uh I can't wait to see. It's almost like he he's a rookie embracing a new role. And um I think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a really good year for Carmelo that can help change the narrative of certain things about his career. Those are all good tricks. Um I know this year I'm expecting I know I've, I've been a fan of his since he was in Chicago because I think he's just an automatic bucket for real. Um I think Bobby Porter's coming off the bench behind Giannis at that fourth position, playing with him sometimes when they decide to play. Bobby Portis is good on good teams. Yeah, he's going to be really good. I still got Carmelo for my sixth man of the year as well, but I think he's mm-hmm. going to be up there in the sixth man of the year candidate. He, I, he's I, Like I said, I watched some of that game. Um, he looked good out there, especially running the break with George Hill. Not mm-hmm. George Hill, I'm sorry, but um, DJ Augustine. And then um, he had a couple threes. He took somebody off baseline. I don't remember who it was. He got an easy dunk. So Bobby Bobby Porter's definitely. Um, I know after what he did in the bubble, everybody's real super high on him. Um, Jamal Murray, I expect him to be an All Star this year because at some point he has to make that consistent leap right. and that consistent step to where he's not just doing it in big games, but he's doing it every game. Every game, right? Um, that's definitely the next level for him is being an All Star, maybe All MVP, All NBA candidate. Excuse me. And I, but third one, I'm sticking with the Denver Nuggets. I really want to see what Michael Porter Jr. is going to do this year. That's a good pick. 
Because I think with Jeremiah Grant leaving, even though he shouldn't have left, I think that opens up a lot of minutes for Michael Porter Jr. Right he started, there. He started. He started last night, mm-hmm. and um, I think he's going to be that that other scorer that they need. How he plays on defense is going to be up to him, and I guess that's the part that's going to be that everybody's going to be paying attention to because he is a good rebounder. He can push the ball off the break. He can shoot off the dribble, catch and shoot. We see him dunk on treads. Mm-hmm. We didn't really see him in the the low post a lot in the bowl because he still, you know, he played minutes. He still wasn't playing that many minutes where they had him really involved in the offense, especially when they went to that two, mostly to the offense being Murray and Jokic, creative for everybody. But I think Michael Porter is that score that they need on the perimeter to um, go with Jokic playmaking and Jamal Murray scoring as well. Right. Oh, well, because okay. I think this is also a, um, a, make or, a make or break year for Denver. We've seen him in the second seed, losing the second round in seven. We've seen him go to the conference final, losing five. So it was like this year. Yeah, it was like this year. Do y'all take that step to where y'all get over the hump and go to the finals? Right. Or are y'all just another nice home quarter match team? Right. Yeah. And uh, Excuse me. I guess two other players that I like, I'm going to keep it with the hometown. DeAndre Hunter and Cam both look good for the Hawks the other night. Hunter finished with 18, I believe. Um, I think Cam went. 13 and like eight or whatever. I think coming off the bench this year for Cam, because it's appearing that he's going to come off the bench, it's going to help him play a little pressure free. You know, everyone picked him as the the rookie of the year when he wasn't even the top pick. Uh, a lot of people thought he was a top, one of the top three most talented people in the draft. And then Hunter being a top pick, but having more talent around him, um, a, a good shooter in Bogdanovich, all-star starter in Trey. John Collins back for a full year. I, I will argue a top 10 to 15 center in Capella at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hunter can take that next step to be an important piece for the Hawks, mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, they, they look good for Atlanta the other day. Shout out to them. Uh, I definitely agree with that. I think that those two players are going to be very important for him, along with the shooter, Kevin Porter. And Clint Capella still doing what he does. I think Clint Capella is probably – I like the one-two combo of John Collins and Trey Young, but I think Clint Capella fits better with what Trey Young does, being a pick and roll, yeah, rim runner. Right. Whereas you, you throw the ball to John Collins, and Collins is a real center. They, they do like playing John Collins at center all the time doesn't work. Alex Lynn, um, what's your guy name? They've been through Lynn. They had Spellman. Uh, did the way dead been man. twice, like three times. In, in None of these guys year. have been starting. So, Frank so. Capella is definitely. And I, and I like Alex right. Lynn with the Hawks, but he wasn't starting. So. Right, definitely. definitely. Um, any teams you think gonna rise or fall this year? Any teams you kind of think gonna be stuck in the middle? I'm not sure about the middle yet. Rising, I expect definitely expect things to take a step up. I want to see what Chris Paul brings to them. Uh, the, the, I guess fall, it could be Houston, depending on what James does. Um, honestly, if I'm Houston, which I'm not going to get into the James. We talked about it for a good minute, but I am really, really, really looking at my options out there for what I can get for James Harden. Like maybe I'll take that Chris Middleton trade. If they can give me two picks and some pick swaps, I, I would really consider that. Chris Middleton, John Wall, Boogie. And you go forward from there as far as rebuilding your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't think that's a terrible team. I know Chris Middleton isn't as good as a player as James Harden, but it could be something there, especially if you get those picks. 
Um, but everyone else, I'm still waiting to see because preseason, I think by game two or three, at least game three, you're going to see people play a little more. So I want to see, definitely going to tune into as many, you know, games start at about five o'clock today, Sunday the 13th. So definitely going to dive in to a couple more games today for sure. So, man, just excited to have the, the league back. Okay. Uh, I'm interested to see what the Bulls do this year. Yeah. Just because they're in a weird spot, I don't think the Bulls are necessarily trying to tank. I think they they think that they could compete for the playoffs. I mean, but look, can they? I mean, if you look at their roster and the coaching with Billy Donovan, I don't see why they couldn't compete for it. It's like I say, you only got to get the ten to play a playing game. Exactly. So you would think between Zach Levine, who averaged what twenty five last year, yep. Kobe White, who played good when he got minutes, um, you expect Lori Martin to be better this year. Wendell Carter, you expect to be better. I don't know exactly what they're going to get out of Patrick Williams this year. Right. Because I think me and you both agree, drafting bench players that high. is risky. <laughs> I, I, I can't. No one comes to mind that's worked out yet that's been drafted that high. Off the bench. Off the bench. Uh, no one comes to mind. Oh, yeah, he came up the bench in college, and they drafted him in the top five, and he became an all-star. I'm not no saying one. it doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Because you think Devin Booker was the 13th pick. Yeah, thirteenth um, gives you way more wiggle room than four. No, in fact, that, that's absolutely true, and that's what I'm saying. Like that was he was thirteenth pick, like right, like Marvin Williams. I think Marvin Williams was known two pick. Yeah, two waiters went three. three. Yeah, waiters. Um, pretty like so I'm pretty sure there's a lot more examples out there as well. So maybe you do have somebody you could. There is somebody out there who came off the bench, right? And you got to think all these players are also freshmen as well. So yeah. not only are you come, not only are you coming off the bench, you're not even really getting the minutes to. It's all potential at this point. Exactly. Like Patrick Williams has the potential to be that star in three. Right. But it's like, is he gonna I guess while Otto Porter is gonna go out to club COVID and whatnot, maybe he is maybe he gets those minutes to Otto Porter's especially with Otto Porter not being with the team right now. Maybe Patrick Williams shows that he can earn those minutes. Right. And I, I thought that his teammate that got drafted by the Spurs, Vassal was better uh than he was. So which Vassal he looked pretty good the other night for the Spurs. Uh, Harry Giles looked good in his first game. Well, also, yeah. shout out to Harry Giles. It's funny because he was trading on draft back from Portland, Sacramento. Now he signs with Portland. Right. So, um, I don't know. There's still a lot to dive into with this year. All right. Yeah. But sure. like I said, basketball is back. Um, got games today. Um, this Sunday, December 13th. I'll never know what day it is off the top of my head. So, today we got, we got today. Like I said, we got Magic versus the Hawks at five. We're going to get the Wizards and the Nets at six. Turn in for first. that, uh, especially because we're going to be blacked off from the Hawks game, so I'm definitely watching the Nets game. The Knicks and the Pistons are playing again at seven. Houston and the Bulls. No James Harden. I'm pretty sure he's not playing in that game, but you can see John Wall again. Boogie Clippers and the Lakers again. And uh, Portland, Sacramento again. So I think mainly I'm going to be watching that Nets game. Just to see what KD looks like, and also what Karis and Spencer them look like with their roles, and um, Steve Nash. Yeah. So, oh dang, I, I didn't even really put that together until just now. Westbrook and Bradley Bill. So, uh, that should be a solid game. Um, just want to see everybody back healthy and hooping. You got anything else? Uh, the only other thing. The only other thing I wanted to ask you, like I said, I watched the road tripping uh, pod show 
with LeBron. And they asked him about this time, because, you know, a couple years ago when he went, four years ago when they won, after getting down 3-1, he said that he thought that that one made him the greatest of all time. And he didn't go there this time. So they asked him about it. And he said, you know, he thinks it's great for the game, for people to have that debate over the best player ever or whatever. But he left that with saying one thing that he knows for sure is he won two toughest championships in league history. This year's mobile championship and the 3-1 finals championship. So I wanted to know what did you kind of think about that? I don't really want to get into his Kyrie statements because all he said with Kyrie was that it kind of hurt him. Um, not even that it hurt him. It, it was just, he said it was just like dang, uh, you know what I mean when he said that because I, I get I get what Kyrie was saying, but I, mean, I get I, why LeBron is like I, I get like I said I get why LeBron like, like I said like, like just to get to that real quick. Like I say, I feel like Kyrie was right and wrong because at the end of the day. He's not talking about LeBron taking over. He's just saying making a shot. Yeah. And right. we all – I don't care about the percentages, but we say, here, Kevin Durant, LeBron, he go, he go basketball, shoot me five jump shots. You kind of count on Kevin Durant go five for five and maybe LeBron go three for five. Right, yeah. So, but to the, to the question at hand, are those the two toughest championships? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Maybe 2016 is up there because coming back from now, 3 1 to 17 19. Yeah, definitely. But this year, this one, I don't know because it's like um, the Spurs had to win the championship at a lockout short season with the, I guess, the second year player, second year coach. Um, we, I mean, the Miami, should I say the elephant in the room? Of, the Miami, yeah, Russell winning championships in the race. That's, that's, that's a different kind of difficult. That's a different kind of difficult. He just said difficult. He just said difficult. It's different. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's facts, though. That does matter. I even think. Um, because the whole point of the bubble of it being tough. It's because of the hostile situation. Relation. You ain't seeing your family. No, yeah, all that. So we go out hostile. You're saying some words there. You're making some points. You got from point A to point B there real good. I like that. But I even think um, the 98 Bulls championship, because of I know they won 4-2, so you don't really think about it because Jordan rides off into the sunset on one of the greatest shots ever. But it's like Scotty not playing a full year. Yeah, Dennis Rodman being absent for most of the year. Um, an older team. Um, front office not really agreed with this older team like, being put together. Right. So it's like not only did they have like external things they were, you know, repeating, you know, the jazz get three people yeah, three people for the sake of time. Um, the Jazz who wore a four Jazz won what 69 games that year, 67. Yeah, Jazz probably beat every other team <laughs> that not even just that year, no, probably like ever. ever. <laughs> like any other year, the Jazz were probably the championship, even the year before. They, they beat the Jazz, they could have beat the Jazz team the year before. But to say that, so that's like I say, them had like I say, the Bulls having external conflicts going on, internal things. Um, hell, uh. The Pistons um, against San, San Antonio being the Pistons in seven. I don't think people realize how tough of a series that was with it being two, like, two defensive teams to where it's really, like, you take all the other stuff away, it's still 
on court, you know, you got to come out here and be razor sharp right. every game, every play. Is it the is one is like I say, 2016 is definitely in the top five, top three. 2020, I guess you could put it somewhere in the top 10. I put the bubble in the top 15. I give more weight to that Cleveland team, definitely. But if like you even, put context to the Cleveland team and the stuff that happened. It's not as surprising that they won, but I'm not going to take away from them coming back from that 3-1 because that was really tough. And LeBron and Kyrie had to put together some really hard games to beat that team. But uh, I just think he's right to have his opinion. But to say, in my opinion, to say I know I've won the two hardest for sure is incorrect. That's just my only thought about that. But I think an argument but could be made. That no, this, but he knows his team. He knows his fans and – yeah, media members is gonna eat it up, and they're gonna have his back. While we gotta have the people questioning it, right? And the people that's questioning it, of course, is you know, even though it seems like they're not outnumbered, honestly, the people who question those things about LeBron are outnumbered, right? So, I think it's all marketing for LeBron. Like he knows, yeah. oh, he knows, he saying knows. that gives him a notch in the Jordan conversation. And while he has gone away from calling himself the greatest. He knows what he's doing when he says that. That's yeah, just my right, honest opinion. Yeah, right, so but I do think he's been a part of two of the hardest championships ever, but I feel the same way. I just think when it comes to me and winning championships, it, to me it's not just about who's the underdog. You're not an underdog in the NBA Finals. You had to beat yeah, teams. Yeah, that's like we're not yeah, – that's right. Vegas. Like, so, we don't worry about Vegas in the yeah, Finals. Yeah, so – when you get into that, I could say winning a third straight championship is just as hard as winning this championship in the bubble. So, you know, winning back to back is hard. Three peating is hard. You say you want two of the hardest all the time, and that's gonna people be people's argument. But he's never three peated, so he's won back to back only once. While Jordan did it twice. Uh, if you want to get into those debates, or whatever. I just thought it was weird that he said for sure I've been a part of the two hardest. Championships ever, so no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think you was championship one without three point line. Like you get that, you down six, like <laughs> down six with 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 a minute left. That, that game over. <laughs> Nowadays you be down six with fifteen seconds, and it's literally not. So over. it's just like it's just weird. You Don't know, be down so. six with thirty seconds. You still got the clock in your favor too. Like yeah. So it's just like it's, you know they're definitely two of the t- hardest. But yeah, two of the t- he's he's got two of the toughest championships. But the toughest. That's yeah. that's that's putting a lot of um, spice on there, right? Yeah. A real spicy in the morning. Yeah. But other than that, um, y'all tell us what y'all think. Everybody, listeners, do y'all think that he played that he's won the two the hardest slash toughest championship? I know who's gonna agree and say yes. I what I want to know is don't just tell me yes. Tell me why. Right. Um, um, what are y'all expecting for the season? What rookies are y'all looking forward to season, seeing this year? And what second-year players do y'all think is going to take that next step? Because I think John Morant, if cars fall in place, can be an all-star guard, especially with Clay Thompson being hurt. Yeah, I don't have Memphis in the playoffs, but they can compete for it this year. They definitely can't make it, so they can get in that play-in game. Play-in game, so, game bro. Yeah. So. Other than that, shout-out to the listeners, Australia, Singapore, Canada, Michigan, New Jersey, Florida, Texas, California, uh, Japan, um, Africa, Europe. Shout-out to the listeners everywhere, Alaska, Puerto Rico, Guatemala, Brazil, uh, that's all I got. Mars. 
United States of Mars and Dave Chappelle once said, we're still not watching your show either, Dave, because I know you yeah. listen as well. Still not watching Dave's show, Comedy Central, Hey Dave Chappelle. Shout out to Ray Ray for getting a Disney movie again. Yeah, other than that, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. You are the Hoopers. <laughs>